Well, I guess some of you have experienced going on a leadership or management training course in connection with your work or as a volunteer. Others of you may be aware that courses like that are still to come for you at some point in your career. What we can guarantee is that it will not include a diet of only water for 40 days. Nor is it likely to take place in the wilderness. Though to be fair, in the past, I have been on courses in remote centres with dodgy mobile signals and no Wi-Fi, which certainly felt like the wilderness. But that's what's happened to Jesus in a way. He endured an intense leadership training course, if you like right after being filled with the Holy Spirit and affirmed as Son of God at his baptism, he was led into the wilderness to face the devil about his leadership. It's easy to overlook what an extreme experience is described here. Forty days without food is coming up to the limit of what the human body can withstand before serious irreversible damage or death ensues. Even if we read 40 days as a symbolic number, basically it means a long time, and a time when serious things happen, a time the outcomes of which cannot be reversed, what the media would feature as six weeks that change my life forever, or in the case of Jesus as our saviour, that change the world forever. In that extreme period, Jesus was grappling with what his leadership would look like. How would it embody and be faithful to God's will and character? We read that Jesus resisted the tempting options of leadership priorities that the devil put to him, and how he resisted them by drawing on words of truth from God, the divine commands and laws to be found written in the Holy Scriptures. Our thoughts and prayers are full now of the Russian invasion of Ukraine at the decision of one national leader, Putin, so much unnecessary pain and destruction has been unleashed. And for the Ukrainians, so much faith and hope is invested in their leader, Zelensky, and his strength to rally their resistance. And calls are being made to national and corporate leaders across the world to take action and to show the right quality of leadership in responding to this crisis. Certainly world leaders need our prayers. They also need to know what we the people who are affected by their decisions think and believe and are willing to support. As Christian people who follow Jesus, what insights can we gain about the quality of leadership we see in Jesus as exemplified in this short but powerful description of his most intense leadership training for the role he was called into? The most intense feature of this was not really the extreme bodily condition, but was, of course, the encounter with the devil, facing up to the presence and the power of evil, something we are doing now as a world community. Here is a leader who understands, in Jesus, is a leader who understands the seriousness of human choices. There is an attraction we need to resist towards that self-protection, self-justification, self-gratification, which is hardened against the needs, rights, or suffering 
of others we do not care about. So the first of Jesus' temptations was to turn stones into bread. In other words, to be a leader whose mission is to create wealth. A leader who could turn stones into bread would banish hunger at a stroke and release millions of people to live full lives without having to worry about falling into hunger ever again. But Jesus rejected this vision for his leadership. One does not live by bread alone. The message is not that bread or freedom from poverty, wealth even, is an unworthy cause for leaders to pursue, but the point is that it is not enough. Thinking that wealth creation is all leaders need to focus on is where there is the falsity and potential for evil. Whether that's for us as leaders of families or households, parents, for example, who imagine that all they need to do is provide material security for their family to ensure happiness, or to try to force into pursuing high-earning careers children who have a calling to public service or artistic expression, or leaders in education who devalue the options of drama, art, music, dance, or sport in the curriculum, and so close off the, the opportunity, especially of poorer children, even to discover, let alone pursue their talents. Through to national leaders who imagine that the unfettered working of the market and the economy and the minimal amount of public regulation or intervention will solve our problems. That work automatically makes people free. And that government has very minimal active responsibility for enabling collective endeavor or community well-being, who still believe that gross national product is the best way to measure a country's success. And of course, the danger of having leaders who focus purely or overmuch on wealth creation without paying attention to social equity, community well-being, and the sustainability of creation is that poverty also grows, paradoxically, alongside great wealth. And the focus on wealth creation as the most important role of leadership is therefore intensified even further without dealing with the social and political causes of growing inequality. Jesus resisted the temptation to imagine that leadership is only about creating wealth. The second of the devil's temptations for Jesus was the lure of power. This is the vision of leadership which seeks ultimate domination and control over all other authorities, irrespective of their needs or aspirations. It can include believing that leaders are free to ignore public norms and codes of conduct, free from the rule of law and democratic accountability. Historically, at global and national level, it has been tried many times with the rise and fall of empires, but always accompanied with great suffering often in material ways, but certainly in terms of cultural and spiritual harm on the part of the dominated. The idea that leadership means exercising power over others' lives and other communities without their consent feeds into violence against women, misogyny in various forms, racism, apartheid, and ultimately genocide, the eradication of national or cultural identity, which is happening in Western China to the Uyghur people. Jesus rejected this vision of leadership by recalling that we are called to worship and serve God. 
Leaders who profess any Christian faith, if genuine, including Putin, who is a baptized Orthodox Christian, and Biden, a baptized Roman Catholic Christian, are, not, are, are accountable to the rule and kingdom of God and are not free to make the world or society in their own image to serve their own power. Jesus resisted the temptation to imagine that leadership is about maximizing power over others. The third temptation of leadership Jesus faced up to was the temptation to see leadership as about becoming invulnerable, having and providing ultimate security by our leadership. The devil tempted him to jump off the pinnacle of the temple and be saved by angels from being dashed to pieces. This is the idea that leaders need to take risks to strengthen their leadership. It's especially appealing to leaders who sense their authority is waning or feel that they want to consolidate their hold on power. Again, it's likely in the real world to impose suffering on others, not themselves. And if that is the only justification for the risk, it is surely an evil act. Is this what Putin is doing, perhaps? There is a more subtle version of this based on the idea that leaders need to face up to reality, so described by them, and take the risk of making the hard decisions and their ability to do so, even if that has harsh consequences for some people, though crucially not for the majority, serves to strengthen support for their leadership. Jesus rejected this approach to leadership as taking the place of God by putting God under test or judgment. There is a genuine, a genuine security available to leaders, which is to do what is right and to trust that that is enough. For Christian leaders, this is to have trust and faith in God, who is their only security in the end. As we reflect on what Jesus showed us about genuine leadership by his resistance to the devil's temptations, and as we apply these standards of good leadership to the national and corporate leaders who carry and exercise leadership in the current crisis, I believe it helps us to see that there is no sense that, that one side is totally good and the other side is completely evil. It does not mean, of course, there is no cause for judgment on the gross violations being perpetrated on Ukraine by Russia's leaders. The example of Jesus' leadership can help us to see that corrupt, deceitful and self-serving leadership is not to be met simply by its mirror image on the other side. It was the Russian dissident and writer in the times of the Soviet Communist Empire, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who wrote, the dividing line between good and evil does not run between East and West or between communist and Democrat, or he might have said between Ukrainian and Russian these days, but the dividing line between good and evil runs through the middle of every human heart. We know that God sees into the hearts of everyone, even leaders who set themselves apart as beyond reproach. So as we pray for world leaders, let us pray also across all levels of society and the world for leadership which is life-giving and life-sustaining. And let us also seek God's grace that we may exercise genuine leadership in our own spheres of influence where we set a lead or
uh, an example. This is what Jesus called for. I have come not to be served, but to serve, he said, that you might have life and life in all its fullness. And that is the quality of leaders whom we seek as Christians.